isn't it crazy that they finally put Let's Talk About Sonic, the podcast about Sonic and nothing else, on the Game Boy Advance the first time? We're on the Game Boy Advance now. Yeah, you're listening to us on the Game Boy Advance. Oh, we're on the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, we, we did it. We're here. We did it. The second console is over. Um... <laughs> No more Sega console. Yeah. We did it, Nintendo fans. Oh my god. Welcome to Let's Talk About Sonic, the podcast about the Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm Crep. I'm Mitt. And we're talking about the Sonic games that are on the Game Boy Advance, except only three of them. We don't want to talk about the other ones right now. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll talk about one of them because it's, it's story relevant, but... And, I mean, we could. Sonic Pinball Party... We're not going to talk about it. Not here. If you want to hear about Sonic Pinball Party, leave. Dang, are there really only like five Sonic games in the game? Six. There's Sonic Genesis. Well, there's there's also a Sonic Spinball port, but I think that's part of a bigger Genesis port collection, I think. Oh, yeah. It's like a Sega Smash Pack or something, right? Yeah, because there's the Advanced Trilogy. There's Sonic Genesis. There's the Sega Smash Pack thing. There's Sonic Pinball Party. And then Battle. Yeah, there's battle. there's battle. I forget if I mentioned that. I think you only said the advanced trilogy. I feel like there's got to be more. I know, right? It feels like Sonic had a bigger presence on the Game Boy Advance than that, but maybe he didn't. I'm looking it up in real time. I mean, he had major titles. Well, okay. Uh, there was a couple of Sonic X video okay, okay, Game Boy Advance yeah. video cartridges. And yeah. then... Well, we'll count that. Wow, well, there really the... isn't anything. But was Sonic on the video now? Was he? Well, uh, pro- probably this isn't, not. This isn't an episode about the video now, but he could have been, for all I care. So <laughs> I have I have the, uh, the Sonic News Network wiki page for all Game Boy Advance Sonic oh. games on here. There's the the one I was thinking of is it is literally just the Sega Smash Pack. Right. Um. There's two games in one, which is Sonic Advance and Sonic Battle in one, which they have classified as a separate one. There's Sonic Advance 1, 2, and 3, Sonic Battle, Sonic Pinball Party, Sonic Genesis, and Sonic X, a Super Sonic Hero. Oh, only the one Sonic X cartridge? Oh, that sounds about right, right? Yeah. And it was like, yeah, it's two episodes. It's the first episode and I guess the second episode? Yeah, episodes one and two. Okay, yeah. Weird. Weird. Well, again, like like I was saying, Sonic had a big presence on the system just through having some major titles, even if he didn't have that many. Yeah. I, I don't know. Kind of weird thing to think about, but the Game Boy Advance has like a massive library, but I wouldn't say that like many major game franchises had like a sizable amount of games on it. Um. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what you classify as major. Like, obviously, Mega Man had a ton of games on it. Sonic had a ton of games on it. Pac-Man had a couple of games on it. Um, it's mostly lot, just yeah. like I, I feel like if it, if it boils down to like your first party Nintendo games they're, it was weird because Mario didn't have any original platformer he only had all the remakes and then he had a couple of RPGs and then he had all the spinoffs and mm-hmm. the spinoffs vary in quality drastically there's a lot of bad Mario spinoffs on the Game Boy Advance so um, weird. Zelda had a couple of weird ones it also had a, a remake or two um had Minish Cap, it had Four Swords. I don't remember if there were any more than that. But the, the, the GBA is weird. I remember specifically. Yeah, I, I feel like stuff like the GBA, um, it makes me realize the way I view older consoles in retrospect 
is very skewed because I don't like looking at them on their own. I kind of like continuing to, I, I lump them in my head with any console that can play the game natively. Like virtual console is its own thing. Granted it helps, but like, I'm not going to say that the entire GBA library is tied to the Wii U because it has the virtual console, even mm -hmm. if it did have every GBA game. It's more like I lump the GBA and the DS together because you could play any GBA on the DS and it'll work. Right. And I think that that helps both libraries kind of feel more fleshed out. I guess like in a similar way, I lump the Wii and Wii U together, even though the Wii is the more successful predecessor. Yeah, it it, it makes it easier to to think about i guess well it doesn't make it any easier but it, it makes it feel like oh this console's library is actually pretty good because you could also play all these games on it and they kind of yeah. fill in the blanks left by each other that's something nintendo's been good about over the decades i think about how like the game boy color could play all the game boy uh library um how the game boy advance was capable of playing game boy games also like, just every handheld console was, was backwards compatible to the one before it. Yeah. That's why the Switch is kind of weird, because it's mostly like, here's a bunch of Wii U games and a couple of other games sprinkled about. Yeah. And it has the, like, I kind of wish the Switch had an actual virtual console so we could have a bunch of games from all the previous consoles that I can now play on the go. But unfortunately, we can't have that world. Kind of wrapping it back around to Sonic, it's weird what it's the presence that he has on the switch right now is very strange yeah three games um i think yeah all of which are multi-platform forces team sonic racing and sonic mania and then the m2 sonic 1 and 2 port slash remakes mm -hmm. i think that's is that it um yeah i don't think there's anything more really it's it's basically just that um so weird it's kind of unfortunate in that respect um especially with sonic in general he hasn't really had very many strong um you know collections as of late i think oh, the yeah. last really good one was um on the xbox 360 and ps3 but the ps4 doesn't have anything this gen doesn't have anything um the closest you can get is just having a steam account because then yeah. you can get like every 3d sonic game except for colors and unleashed and heroes i think and also with steam you get access to the what is it is it the genesis collection or whatever it is that they have it's almost every genesis game that sega feels like republishing at all ever yeah which with the modding scene you could literally play any genesis rom you want on it because all you're doing is oh, buying yeah, a true. ROM and putting it through the shell right I do like the Which service, is... though, because they're all very cheap individually. And like, yeah, if you're the kind of person who's like, I don't support emulation because I'd rather go out and buy the game. Well, hey, uh, at least they're only selling Sonic 1 and 2 for like a buck 50 or two bucks or something. Yeah, it is really smart what Sega does. And I wish that more companies, including Nintendo, took that up because, mm. first of all, it is probably as consumer friendly as you could get. And you don't see them complaining about lacking sales from having it this way. It's really neat having a modding scene as ridiculous as this yeah. by just allowing ROM hacks, which literally just lets you play whatever you want. It, it's, um, it's unfortunate that a lot of people have just uploaded other people's ROM hacks, but 
there's at least like a handful of people who are prominent in Sonic ROM hacking, like who have uploaded their own hacks to uh, to the Steam Workshop for those games, which is really cool. It's just yeah. an open space for them to do what they're doing, but not feel like they're doing something bad. Yeah, I I really appreciate them doing this because, like, if we're if we're if we're gonna have the conversation at least briefly about um, piracy mm. and stuff like that, handling it this way, where you're putting up all your old games in a very accessible and you know well featured shell, like the um, the newer Genesis Classic shell. Um, that's awesome. Selling all your ROMs for dirt cheap and putting them through a really good shell is like the best way you could easily get around piracy because you're literally doing the thing that defeats piracy, which is having your games be very accessible and easy to to get to. You are providing a better service than piracy, which I don't understand why more people don't do that besides, I guess, penny pinching and kind of pushing the envelope on what they can get away with. It's but, so strange how forward-thinking Sega is, like, half the time. Yeah, they... I think when it comes to fan reception and, like, interacting with their community, they are really good about that. They are probably one of the best in the business, and they do pride themselves on that, um, which is why some of the current rumors about the future of Classic Sonic is strange. But mm-hmm. it it definitely demonstrates, like, they are willing to to reach out and cooperate with their fans and allow Sonic to be used in all these different ways that is beneficial for both them and their community. And like, Probably. no, go ahead, go ahead. It it feels weird to talk about this because it is very like capitalisty, but it uh-huh. is just generally good on a broad sense. I think what they're doing, like it's it's smart financially and it's also you know good and nice. I like yeah. that all these old Genesis games are like a dollar and you get a bunch of them for like $5. I think it's like literally every single Genesis game Sega themselves are offering for like $10, $5-10. Pretty much is, something like that. Yeah, which is awesome. Part and of like, the... you're literally just getting the ROM. Okay, I'm done. No, no, you're okay. I, I, I was not trying to cut you off or anything. Um, mm-hmm. I just wasn't sure when you were done. Uh, part, of the, part of the problem with this subject is that like we've spent so much time in a capitalist system that it's hard not to frame all of our understanding of business decisions in that lens, even if sometimes when taken outside of that lens, they would still be read as decisions that are good for people. Yeah. It's it's really tough because then you can view it from two ways. It's hard to tell if the people making those decisions for those businesses are viewing it outside of the capitalist lens. It's hard to say. Yeah. It's... It's definitely very good on all fronts. I think the thing that's getting me hung up is that like they could also just host these games because it they're barely making a profit anymore and they don't need to make a profit because they're so old that they don't need to recoup the cost of development. But yeah. That's a we don't have to worry about that discussion right now. Yeah. Well I was gonna mention, uh incidentally, I believe the only time the advanced games have ever been ported from, from the Game Boy Advance to any other system, period was with the Wii U. I don't think they were even put on the... No, because nothing was put on the 3DS. That was only the Ambassador yeah. stuff. So they were only ever on the Wii U was yep. Advance 1, 2, and 3. They, well, there's a couple of caveats to that. that okay, is the I, most, I, think I, I recognize one caveat. Yeah, there. that is the most traditional port of, of them 
to to a more modern device but there was also sonic n which yeah. is the nokia n-gauge port of sonic advance but there was also a weird sonic advance oh, port to android to that android was only in right. japan uh, um, if i remember correctly that was a competent port too i feel yeah. like i remember seeing footage of it back in the day when it was more relevant um i think it's at least in our circle it 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 got posted sometime recently. Yeah. And um, I think it got rediscovered sometime recently. And it was interesting seeing it in action because there were some differences that I could recall from the original Sonic Advance with how, the, how it worked. But otherwise, it was pretty much just... It looked like a Flash game where like <laughs> your character sprites are still at one-time zoom, but everything else around you is just humongous. It's like the native screen resolution. Oh. So you could see everything. Um, it was a really huge view, which I guess is good for a Sonic game, but it was still interesting to see. Like it was, it was definitely a bigger view than like Mania, even. Right. Well, it sounds good for the advanced games, bare minimum. That sounds like yeah. the sort of thing that like two and three would have benefit benefited from from even more than the first game. Yeah, exactly. They port the one that doesn't really need it. Yeah. Well, it tends to be how it goes, right? Like they port the first game in a small series and then it doesn't they port or remake the first game in a small series and it doesn't get the kind of attention or profit they were hoping for and they're like okay i guess we're just not gonna go forward with that mm. uh, thinking, thinking about psp Mega Man games uh, <laughs> sonic advance one uh what was it 2001 is that right let's find out 2000s well, the, the GBA was 2001, right? GBA was not out 2000, right? right? It was Ugh. at the very tail end of, of 2001, Sonic Advance. And wow. it came out in 2002, early 2002, everywhere else in the world. Okay, got it. All right. Well, it, it like semi-paralleled the release of Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, so it kind of makes sense. Those games had connectivity. I Yeah, I also, um, apparently, it was not released on the Wii U in any territory that wasn't Japan. Really? Apparently, that's what this says. That's super weird. I could have sworn it was in all regions. Okay. Well, at least I was right that they were on the Wii U, period. Yeah. This that's, is weird. It, it, it's messed up and kind of upsetting. Yeah. That means that, like... <laughs> that means they've barely gotten any... People barely have any opportunity to play them outside of having a GBA or emulation. Yep, which is strange because there's a lot of, I mean, they're probably the the second biggest source of like a some sort of consistent continuity since the original Genesis games, including Battle. Yeah, true. And the accessibility of the Game Boy Advance as a console, following in the footsteps of of the Game Boy before it, uh, mm. got a lot of people on board with Sonic through the Advance games. Yeah. Hmm. Well, weird to think about, but but Sonic Advance One, two thousand one, two thousand two game, uh, it's all right. It does feel kinda early GBA. Mm hmm. And that's kind of like ne a nebulous description to give a game, but it's just like, hmm. It doesn't feel super ambitious. Is is part yeah. of it? There's a lot of like early stuff for the Game Boy Advance that's very, whether it's due to developer or uh, development limitations because it's uh, they haven't had enough time with the architecture or because they're interested in getting a game out soon 
because it's a new console and that needs to have its library uh, not so much padded out, but filled out. Uh, just a lot of early GBA games are just kind of lacking or simplistic. It's true for a, a number of consoles. Right. Advance is not a bad game, but by comparison to other titles, even the other two advanced games, it's just kind of uh, by the numbers. Yeah. It's interesting, I think. It's a it's it's like a little Sonic game. It's a very little Sonic game. You might say it's a pocket sized Sonic game. Wink. <laughs> you might say that um, if they hadn't done that already. Yeah. Well, that's the thing though. <laughs> yeah. Is that they've already done a lot of things in, in advance in a game called Sonic Pocket Adventure for the Neo Geo <gasps> Pocket Color. Sonic Pocket Adventure for the Neo Geo Pocket Color? What's the this Neo Geo Pocket Color? Who's it, Pocket Adventure? Well, first of all, it's Sonic's Pocket Adventure, and it goes in your pocket. Okay. And you play it on the Neo Geo Pocket Color, developed by SNK, known for uh, Fatal Fury, King of Fighters, Metal Slug, etc. That et also goes in my pocket, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. And, Just had to make sure. And this was a handheld console that was made to compete against the Game Boy. It was pretty good. I speak not from experience, but yeah, right. it seems like it was a cool console. It had a lot of fighting games, which is crazy. It had two Metal um, Slug games on it. Yeah. And it also had a Sonic game on it. It launched with a Sonic game um, yeah. as a pack-in title, and that game was Sonic Pocket Adventure, and that was the first game developed by Dimps. I think, if memory serves, that was the first Dimps game. So I actually looked this up to earlier develop. today, just out of curiosity, because of a, mm -hmm. a minor one-off a conversation we had uh but dimps didn't form until sonic advance one what happened with sonic pocket adventure was that it's developed in-house by snk but members of the staff who worked on it uh went off with or went off by themselves i think maybe maybe with some sega staff maybe with some oh uh, there was a third investor i can't remember oh bandai namco maybe with some bandai namco staff to form right. dimps with funding from snk and sega and bandai namco interesting so Effectively, yes, it was developed by Dimps, but not technically. The company hadn't formed yet. Right. Okay. But it's that's interesting that Dimps basically has Sonic to thank for a lot of its existence. When I feel like it's also very well known for doing Street Fighter stuff. But yeah. in any case, um, Sonic Pocket Adventure was probably an even more kind of rote 2D Sonic on a handheld because a lot of its level tropes were just straight lifted from the Genesis games. Um, I mean, we can be more specific. All of its tropes are taken directly from Sonic 2. The only one that, like, I suppose isn't is Neo Green Hill Zone, which takes more of the aesthetics from Green Hill. But that's, yeah. that's kind of it. The rest is, well, I guess also the, um, the Doomsday Zone, like, at the very end of the game. But that, that's yeah, kind of it. it. The rest of the zones are very much based on Sonic 2 zones. Yeah, I, I don't remember all of them offhand, but I know there's Green Hill Zone, Chemical Plant. Um, I think there's Aquatic Ruin. I believe there's Metropolis, there's Casino Night, and then, mm -hmm. of course, there's Doomsday. I think that's maybe all of them? I think so, too. There isn't Mystic Cave, there isn't Oil Ocean. I don't think there's a Wing Fortress. There might be. Yeah. I know that there's a Hidden Palace, very briefly, because that's where you fight Knuckles. Yeah, and there's a Sky Chase. Yeah. So because you, you go up there because Knuckles uppercuts you, God, and you land on the tornado. But um, if memory serves, a lot of the 
zone names from Sonic Pocket Adventure were reused in Sonic Advance, and that includes, you know, Neo Green Hill Zone, I believe the Chemical Plant Zone. Secret Base, yeah. Like, yeah, Secret Base. Uh, I think this is right, actually, because now that I'm thinking about it, I'm pretty sure the Casino Night in Sonic Pocket Adventure is also called Casino Paradise. It is not. It is just... Uh, oh, wait. Okay. Wait. I have to make sure. This uh, is weird. The way that No, it's, we need to do some research. Mid-episode research is what it's about. Okay, I got it. So, it's not Neo Green Hill Zone. It's Neo South Island Zone. Which Neo is, South Island Zone, that's right. It is Secret Plant. The, the Casino Night is Cosmic Casino. Cosmic There's Casino. Aquatic Relics, with an X. There's Sky Chase, Aero Base, which... There yeah, is I Wing Fortress. Yeah, the Wing Fortress like Gigantic uh, Angel, which is more like um Scrap Brain than Metropolis. Right, it's more and like Scrap Brain. There's I think Last it's, Utopia. Uh, color, uh, color palette. Last Utopia is like Death Egg and then Chaotic Space is um The Doomsday. Doomsday. That's funny. So so actually none of the zone names are taken verbatim for advance, just some of them are very similar. Well, isn't Secret Oh, because it's secret base. Yeah, secret base specifically. Okay, so yeah, they're they're close. They're, they're very close. close. <laughs> I I genuinely didn't know. Good to have the refresher. Yeah, Pocket Adventure is pretty all right. I've tried to play it a couple of times. It's a little it's a little stiff, but mm. uh, it's it's pretty serviceable. Um, I I don't remember where where I heard this recently. I think it it was probably the stop skeletons from fighting video. Uh, yeah. Sonic Pocket Adventure got perfect marks from, from I think, IGN or GameSpot, yeah. one or the other. Back in the day, it's the only Sonic game to have ever gotten perfect marks. Yeah, I, I think that makes it the highest-rated Sonic game of all time. Yeah. Which is, which is funny. It, it doesn't hold up to the, other, yeah. to the Genesis games or really most of the other 2D Sonic games, but it's still a very competently put-together game, and it has its own charm. It is it is definitely interesting looking back and seeing its place in the series history because I, I if memory serves there are some um, leftover assets that show either leftover assets or like beta screenshots that show that Sonic still used something more like his classic appearance for oh, the in-game right. sprites before they shipped it over to the adventure style and like Eggman himself starts the game in his classic attire and then in, at the end of the game goes into the more modern look. Yeah, yeah. So it really think, bridges the gap. I think it's magazine screenshots is what you're thinking of, though also yeah. uh, maybe some of the special stage sprites in the final game also don't have green eyes might be it. I think, maybe? It's, it's either that there are remnants in the final game, like not even unused stuff, or it's all in pre-release material, one or the other. Right. Yeah, they, they Sonic Pocket Adventure was being developed in tandem with Sonic Adventure, and it came out slightly before it, which is also funny to think about. It was technically the first non-Sega console Sonic release, period. Which kind of brings it back to the advanced games just a little bit, because a lot of people tend to ascribe that to Sonic Advance, even, mm -hmm. even before Sonic, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. It is a very interesting situation for, for Sonic on handhelds, for sure. So now, now I'm thinking... So, to go into timeline brain for a moment. Oh, here we go. Back to the timeline. We received a comment on 
our, our video about Sonic 1, 2, and CD that, that mentioned, I'm sure as a joke, that Sonic 4 is a follow-up sure? to Sonic CD's bad feature. Mm, it might be sure a joke. joke? <laughs> either way, either way, it's it's a joke or not. It, it's hmm. it's we're 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 going into this with the same tone, regardless of, of whether or not it's a joke. But we're 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 approaching it with some brevity. Hmm. So my my first response to this Sonic 4 being a follow-up to Sonic CD's bad future is okay so it's sonic one and then it's sonic cd and then immediately it's sonic four but now i'm thinking now i'm thinking sonic one sonic cd sonic pocket adventure and then that transition into the modern art style then sonic four and then the advanced games and here's your weird bad future timeline with the dips games they all fit neatly there and you don't have to worry about shoehorning them into the main timeline Oh my god. Okay. I almost wanted to go into this saying like I completely I completely forgot about the Sonic CD part and I thought, "Oh, Sonic Pocket Adventure should be the starting point because it shows the the gradual shift from classic to modern." So you just go from there straight into Sonic 4. <laughs> <laughs> well then, uh follow-up question is is Sonic Pocket Adventure or Sonic 2 then also the first appearance of Tails? Yeah, that works. <laughs> He's introduced as gracefully as he is in the actual Sonic 2. Yeah, I, I suppose. Sure, yeah. So, <laughs> so that makes uh, Amy Rose the second Sonic the Hedgehog character in this timeline, and then Metal <laughs> Sonic, and then, well, the second one is Eggman. So third, Amy, and then Metal Sonic, and then Tails, and then Knuckles. Uh, and then Cream. Uh, and then Cream, yeah. I guess this is kind of... If you're thinking about things from this perspective, which I can't believe we are thinking about them from this perspective, uh, this kind of, like, makes it fine that there's so many games where Knuckles seems to get tricked by Eggman again out of nowhere. Yeah, well... You still get two of. in this timeline, but that's, yeah, better, than, that's better than several. five. <laughs> yeah, each timeline <laughs> still gets several. He still gets tricked by Eggman several times. <laughs> we have the Sonic Advance 3 soundtrack running right now. It's just it's just a brain filler while we're talking and trying to think. And I, I can't believe that the most appropriate song came on as soon as we started talking about the timeline stuff. That's true. I don't know what it is. What is it? Bot, tell it's me what song this is. Theme. It's the minigame music. <laughs> yeah. I never even played any of the minigames in Advance 3. I don't want to live in the world where where that's the Sonic timeline. I mean, wow, we've, we've spent so little time talking about the actual advanced games. Um, oh, you know. I mean, I, I think it, it's fine as its own little self-contained kind of pocket timeline, no pun intended, because, like, it, it saves you from having to kind of clutter up, I guess, the quote-unquote main timeline with all the spinoffs that do not fit as neatly and it also lets you get around weird uh plot stuff like what happens with shadow in battle i was just about to bring that up since we had that whole conversation about it it, yeah. it fits nicely in there i mean it means you don't get like a proper introduction for shadow but whatever yeah he just exists they, now he exists the, in, in so far as knuckles just exists now 
Yeah, the two timelines educate each other. The same the same happens with Chaos <laughs> and Gamma. They're just there. God, that's also funny to think about. Yeah. So anyway, Sonic Advance. Do you, well, do you have anything to say about Sonic Advance? Because the more I think about it, like the less I have to say about it. It's a very... I, mean, I feel like I'm being mean to it, but it's just not that remarkable of a game. I, I think there's stuff to talk about it on an aesthetic level, because I feel like the first thing that comes to my mind whenever I think about Sonic Advance is um, a lot of the critique that I've seen here and there about the sprite size, mm. about the characters in particular. So, like, I like when when sprites get all crunchy and weird mm-hmm. when they rotate like that, because that's how you know that the, the resolution is correct. This is this is the pixel art me talking, and you're gonna you're gonna hear it. So, a lot of rotation stuff. There's different algorithms that do it differently, and some do it better than others. So, like, I'm not saying that the one in Sonic Advance is the end all be all, but I still like it on an aesthetic level because, like, it doesn't matter that they get all crunchy when when you're running on slopes because you're not gonna see it for that long usually. Um, in Sonic games, typically, a sprite doesn't rotate unless it's a steep slope. Um, a gentle slope doesn't do anything. You still use your your normal forward angled one. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't remember if that's the case in all the advanced games as well. But um, when when they rotate like that, that's how you know that the resolution is, is maintained and consistent, which it can't not be in the GBA. The resolution's too small. But take a game like Shovel Knight, if you're playing that on mm. uh, a console or just any HD thing, um, the resolution is not to scale with the sprites. And what that means is the game is running all of the assets upscaled to match the the full resolution that is being output. So the sprites might have been made for a screen whose resolution is like just divided by 10, like uh 192 by 108, like something really tiny, you know, mm-hmm. where you could display the sprites at their native resolution and each pixel is one to one. Um, when it's blown up for an HD screen, the the game logic is not that base one to one pixel resolution. The game logic does not match the the resolution of the pixels. The game logic is running at 1080p but the sprites are being upscaled by however much to match the game logic rather than everything is being rendered at the initial resolution and then it just upscales which is the yeah. way the be- that is a better way to handle pixel art games and that's what i think sonic mania does if memory serves because oh yeah you can sonic mania absolutely does that yeah and and that's i think that's what uh that engine does in general um you can kind of see this in play uh with with objects and sprites in motion in Shovel Knight, but the easiest place to see it is in the parallax backgrounds because you can literally see the different layers moving in fractions of pixels relative to each other. Yeah. You can I, stop I guess... in place and see them not pixel aligned. Yeah, exactly. I think the, the most layman term way we could put it is that the, the pixel grid does not match up to the game's resolution at all. So you will see things not properly aligning to the pixel grid as they should be. And Sonic Advance doesn't do that because it's a tiny baby GBA game with like a 320 by 240 something mm-hmm. screen. Um, and I like that. Um, I think the Sonic Advance sprites are really, really good. And they do cram a lot of detail 
uh, for their size, especially with designs as detailed as the Adventure Era designs, but I think they do yeah. it really well in a way that resonated with a lot of people. And that's why a lot of uh, Flash animators use yeah. sprites so much. And granted, there's other external reasons for that too, um, for why they're so popular, but why that's why they were used in the first place is because they're so expressive and they use them for so many different things. And that made them very modular. Like, because... Uh, Sonic Battle basically uses the same sprite style. That gives you a super huge repertoire of um, animations and sprites to work with for Sonic and company. Yeah. And like, in terms of Sonic Advance specifically, um, speaking broadly aesthetically, I think its its level themes are very interesting. Some of them work better than others, but um, I think especially Neo Green Hill Zone is very interesting and new, even though it's just like a, a beach. But it's mm-hmm. a very like urban beach setting i would say it is yeah and um, especially it's more urban the further you get in yeah and it's not something that sonic really does outside of the dreamcast era specifically adventures one and two so you could see that era being represented in um the advanced games really well and i think that that makes me enjoy sonic advance one aesthetically more than i do the other games because the other games get more geometric again and i just mm-hmm. think that's not as interesting for modern sonic <laughs> I, I kind of have something to talk about there. I was playing up like how little I had to say about advance as like a conversation starter. Primarily, I do have mm-hmm. some some points I wanted to hit on. There's a there's a contrast that I see between advance one and two and three, where I think three I think two and three have more fully realized aesthetics. I think advance one, even though I like its environments more, uh, it just doesn't have much in the way of like an art style that I care much for, for its foreground and background. Um, mm. A lot of stuff like, say, Ice Mountain just feels very there. It feels like like a location that kind of exists rather than a location that is stylized and appropriate for a Sonic game, for Sonic's world. Yeah. It, it's, it's hard to put it down specifically, but compared to, like, Sonic 3, where the environments, yes, have somewhat realistic detail or texturing to them, they're still very unrealistic environments in the way that they're structured. Whereas you go to like somewhere like Ice Mountain again in Sonic Advance and the terrain is all snow. It's all mm-hmm. just compacted snow without much of a tiling to it that's interesting, much of a stylization that makes it feel like anything other than potentially a photograph, like a, a bisected snow clump photographed. And it's drawn... So it doesn't look like a photograph. I'm still kind of like putting this down weird, but hopefully this kind of like makes any sense. I think Sonic Advance 1 looks a little bland. Yeah, I I definitely follow what you're thinking. And I was literally thinking of that same zone as I was talking about it. But in a way, is that not similar to Ice Cap in Adventure 1? Or just, <laughs> I guess, Ice Cap in general yeah, to true. a degree? It, like Advance 1 takes a lot of cues from Adventure 1. Yeah. And... That doesn't necessarily excuse it for being as bland, but then, like, you also get cooler zones. Like, I believe the the end game zone is Egg Rocket, where it's yeah. just, like, a really big launch base and you're running through it from the inside. I think that one's pretty cool. Um, Neo Green Hill Zone, I still like a lot. Secret Base is pretty neat. I feel like it could be a little bit less all-mechanical boring, which is well, very Metropolis Zone, but when you're outside, it's cool. Yeah, when you're inside, I feel like that's part of the issue. It has like the same issue as Metropolis does, where it's it's all very flat, boxed in. Um, it feels kind of claustrophobic. 
Also, part of mm -hmm. it is that the whole zone feels like it's built out of textures rather than tiles, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it, it's strange. A lot of the background and foreground blend together in my head because they share colors in a weird way, but they also share texture shaping in a weird way. Mm -hmm. Secret base in general is kind of boxy. Yeah. It is definitely the, the that zone of the game, which is weird because by that point you don't really need zones like that. Yeah. Kind of going from advanced one to advanced two on the subject of aesthetics, I also... I don't know if I already mentioned, but I do like Advance 1's look a little more than the other games, even though they feel more fully realized. I feel mm. like Advance 2's geometric look makes it look plastic. Wait, no, it's it's that combined with the way they choose to shade stuff and shape stuff that makes it look plastic and kind of uninteresting or uninviting. Yeah. And then Advance I... 3, a lot of the time, feels kind of barren or too busy. It's always one or the other. Mm-hmm. Part of that's the level design too. They, the 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 later advanced games aesthetically don't really hit the the kind of perfect point that um the Genesis games do, where they perfectly blend that kind of realism with the stylization of the geometric designs that really fill up the environments in a way that makes it interesting and not boring. Because in Advance Two and Three, like you said, there there's either too much stuff or there's not enough stuff. Which is just because like all of the the visual information is coming from the level tiles, and the backgrounds are just for the most part completely removed from any sense of place. I guess like I think of of uh, Route ninety nine, mm -hmm. that's supposed to be a city. It does not feel like it. It just feels like a bunch of disconnected future roads that, that convey nothing. Yeah, I like to contrast Route uh, Route ninety nine with like radical highway in in sonic adventure 2 because people love to make comments about like uh, that and speed highway people love to make comments about these two zones levels about how like they've got loops and and broken stretches of of roadway where there's no way you could ever have cars on here and like that that's that's all fine and good in a weird way these still feel like freeways or cities in a way that Route 99 does not. Yeah. And part like, of that is like the setting and the locale and the skybox and objects that are in the distance and uh, the visual style and the way things are set up. Yeah. I think I think with Radical Highway, there's a lot of set piecing that also does a lot of work because it is, it is quite literally floating above nothing. Yeah. Um, the, the texture work being very clearly just like a, a very modern real road helps a lot. Same with a lot of the bridge work design. It makes it feel as though you are on a bridge, but like in terms of the contextualization of everything around you, you are just floating. But because all the, the roads are so big and broad and there's so much information being fed to you at once on the screen, it does feel like it's a little more filled in. Yeah, they convey like the important highway... information. Oh, sorry, what was that? They they convey the important information to you. Yeah. And it's like the thing that Speed Highway has going for it, separate from Radical Highway in this discussion, is that it actually has buildings you land on, so there's yeah. more of a grounding. A lot of the roads are actually attached to buildings, even if that even if if that doesn't make any sense for an actual city structure, it still it still goes a long way to making you feel like you're in an actual place. Yeah. Like 
literally when you said that that was the first time i had ever thought like this is yeah. just a bunch of disconnected models of buildings because <laughs> the skybox does so much work mm -hmm. in that stage and you never even really get a, a good look at the pits in that stage like I'm, I'm sure you do i'm sure the um the draw distance also doesn't help with that but like it never comes to mind like i just i can't even visualize it because it's never even processed to me visually that it's like that yeah I, it took me saying that out loud to even realize the absurdity of rows connected to all the buildings yeah so like, so route oh sorry generations does that even better too just by filling oh, yeah. out even more and having a more detailed skybox and a more detailed background and so on. Though Generations, I can't remember, does Generations Speed highway, highway let you go on top of a lot of the buildings that are kind of on the sides like the original does? Um, Not really, because with, with that, you had to really like go out of your way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, with Generations, you're more going into and out of some of the buildings. It's It's harder to get kind of the height that you need to get on top of some of them, I'm sure. Yeah. So, like, Route 99's big issue is that the level design doesn't feel like roads, and yeah. the background doesn't help in making you feel like you're in a sort of established place. The foreground feels very disconnected from it. And also, it's just not fun. Yeah. Uh, Route 99 hates you. It is a first level that hates you. It doesn't want mm. you to play the rest of the game. Oh, yeah. It's interesting that it's designed this way um i've seen it compared to or not compared to i've seen it described as sonic advance 3 was where the developers i think it was a lot of their first one sonic advance 3 was comprised with a lot of new sonic team staff or dim yeah. staff or whatever um so they were kind of learning as they went and a lot of the later levels are a lot more tightly designed than the earlier ones in that respect yeah i wouldn't be surprised uh especially like Route 99 feels like it was heavily inspired by the other Dreamcast and GameCube titles of that era. Yeah. Uh, I guess kind of setting Sonic Heroes aside, even though it has some relation to that game. Uh, and it feels like the team either wanting to or being made to make their own City Escape to some degree, because City Escape was such an influential level for, yeah. for the perception of the franchise. And... If that's the case, I could totally see it having been like the first thing made for the engine. Yeah, which is weird because it's so, so different. Like, just in thought process from City Escape. Yeah. Like, I you can't boil City Escape down to just, oh, it's a city, because <laughs> there's so much more to it than that. And, like, Route 99 is closer to uh, Grand Metropolis from Heroes. Oh, than anything else. It's a very modern take on a Sonic City. It's it's very similar to the Grand Metropolis and Forces in that respect. Yeah, actually, it's very similar to Metropolis and Forces in that it's boring and white. Yeah. Oops. That's a parallel I didn't expect to make today. Yeah, I, I was also thinking that. Wait a minute, I, I said it. <laughs> well, we, we think it and we say it. Yeah. Hopefully. Sometimes I opposite. say things without thinking. We're the opposite of that one movie. I don't know what movie you're talking about. I only know it as the pee-pee poo-poo man. <laughs> God, what is it called? I know exactly I what movie you're talking about. I think it's called the bye-bye man. It is called the bye-bye the bye -bye man. 
Like, I couldn't remember it as any other name than the Pee Pee Poo Poo Man, but as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, it's the Bye Bye Man. Yeah. Which just makes me think of, uh, was it just called the Silent Man? Silent Hill. A Quiet Man. A Quiet Place. Well, that, that one PS4 game that, uh, that Square made that wasn't good. Yeah, I know. We were just playing Word Telephone. Okay, gotcha. Um, I can't think of place in relation to Sonic, so I'm just going to pull my notes back up again and talk about how Sky Canyon is a bad zone also. Oh, okay. I don't like Sky Canyon from Sonic Advance 2. Uh, I, this is me introducing myself at the, Sky, the, the Victims of Sky Canyon Anonymous group. Hi, I'm I'm Crep, and I stopped playing Sonic Advance 2 at age 12 because Sky Canyon 2 was too hard. Mm -hmm. We talked before on this show about how bottomless pits are somewhat antithetical to Sonic level design, and there's Sky Canyon. Yep. It's right there. It's not even the first problem that Sonic Advance 2 has with this. But it sure is the the most prominent as you as you yeah. get through it. Right after that, you have oh, uh, what's it called? It's not Cybertrack because that's the one in Sonic Thir uh, Sonic Advance Three. Whatever it is, the di the digital zone that's in Advance Two, uh, and that one is also very bottomless pit heavy. Yeah, techno base. That is techno also base. you're right. Very bottomless pit heavy. Yeah, it's, so it just it just gets worse the further you get in. It's interesting. They it looking at this level list, they really do just take the floor out from under you. Yeah. What does it go for? It goes from Music Plant to, to Sky Canyon, right? Music Plant, Ice Paradise, Sky Canyon, oh, Ice Paradise. Sky Canyon, Techno Base, Egg Utopia, uh, XX, and then True Area fifty three. Yeah, which is the the final final boss. Which is also a very funny and very cool level name. Yeah. <laughs> Not, not an angle I would have expected them to take, even at the time. Or especially at the time. You would think that... You would think that XX would be the, the secret, secret stage. But no, that's true, Area 53. I wonder if those names got switched around. Hmm. Not sure. Because uh, in Advance 1, X-Zone is the final zone of the game. And it has the, uh, the throwback Sonic 1 and 2 bosses, and then the final, final boss. And... I'm pretty sure the XX zone in Advance 2 is a direct parallel to that. Probably. It just doesn't have the I, throwback bosses. I would bet money that the the one in Sonic Advance 3 is not named XXX. Oh yeah, it doesn't exist. For you go straight a from lot of reasons. Uh you go straight from was it Chaos Angel to uh to whatever the the moon space final boss of that game is. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, I I don't like the the end game of Sonic Advance 2 in a similar way that I don't like the end game of Sonic 2, but worse because instead of instead of hitting Oil Ocean and being like, I don't really want to play this anymore, I hit Sky Canyon and I'm like, I can't play this anymore. I don't think I've ever beaten Techno Base. Just the level design gets kind of vindictive. Maybe that's a strong mm. word to use, but it, it lacks any sort of care for what the player might be capable of reacting to. 
uh, part of it is that I never adjusted to the trick system in Advance 2 also. I bet if you get that in, like, the lexicon of your hands, the ability to do things with your hands on, on reaction, uh, it, would get, it would get a lot more manageable. Sky Canyon and Techno Basin, and Utopia, but... Mm. I don't know. I think a lot of them rely more heavily on, on just throwing things at you and being cheap, which is kind of a dimp staple. Yeah. You're not wrong. Even Sonic Advance 1 has that issue. It just mostly comes up in Egg Rocket and yeah. whatever the final act is. I can't remember half these zone names because I haven't played these games enough. I, I also want to say it's Cosmic Angel. Like, they use the angel motif multiple times because they might have... Uh, either way, in, in those final two acts of Advance 1, the enemy placement gets pretty mean. Mm -hmm. I feel like... I, I have more to say about the advanced games from, like, I guess a reminiscent standpoint or, like, an aesthetic one than I do um, from, like, a level designer or gameplay standpoint. Because with, with Advanced 3, we talked about it more so in the last episode. Um, but with Advanced 2, the the big thing is, is boost mode, which they added because all the levels are very very speed focused sonic advance 2 is the speed focused advanced game where everything is super duper downhill mm -hmm. so they have it so the more rings you get um the closer you can activate boost mode which you do by running at top speed for a certain amount of time which you know lessens when you have more rings and once you do that you are invincible and you have to maintain boost mode by continuing to move at a certain amount of speed which is cool are you invincible at boost mode I believe so, yeah. Huh. I never noticed. It's a cool idea, but like it's so hard to maintain boost mode and because mm -hmm. it's an advanced game, there's so many pot shots and it's on the GBA, screen's tiny. It really can't exist to its full potential, which is unfortunate, but for whatever reason, whatever cosmic reason, they decided that to access the special stages in advance too, you have to find all seven of these little gold rings that are hidden around. So like if you've played Sonic Colors or Sonic Generations and you've uh you've done red ring hunts and stuff like that, it's that, it's that exact same thing. Add two more red rings and you have to get them all in one run. And I think that that is the perfect framing to understand how frustrating and obnoxious that is i feel like the advanced games all have problems with special stages some of they them do. have problems with the actual stages themselves but all of them have problems with accessing them yes for sure it's advanced one does something that was actually done in sonic games before uh i believe sonic triple trouble did it this way where you actually have to find the entrance to the special stage somewhere in the act and it's just there it's just in a permanent yeah. location if you fail it uh, you don't get another chance, but you can always leave the level, come back, and do it again. Yeah. And that's not too bad. Unfortunately, Advanced 1 special stages are really bad. They they rely on depth perception that's not possible to wrap your head around. Yeah. It tries to use only 2D sprites and sprite scaling for what should be a 3D environment type thing. And instead of like the half pipe where it's very obvious where you need to position yourself in order to pick rings up because it's it's all relative to a solid space you can see and move yourself along. 
you're falling down a tunnel on a snowboard, so you're you're airboarding, I guess, and you have to position yourself properly to pick up rings, and it can just be really hard to tell how far out you have to position yourself because the rings all scale up the exact same way as they come into view, and it's just hard to gauge what size they need to be at where for it to be something you can interact with. Yeah. It's it's really awkward, and that's kind of another factor in why Sonic Advance 1 feels like an early GBA game, experimenting with with the sprite scaling and other things in a way that doesn't feel very uh, well-tested. Yeah. And, and you brought up Advance 2's special stage rings. It's just a bad idea having to get a bunch of different collectibles in one go in order to get a chance at something. It's like it's it's it's, it's not an inherently bad idea, but... In this case, in a game where all the levels are designed specifically to funnel, funnel you down one path to the end and are not really meant to be backtracked, a lot of times it's not possible to go back and get a special stage ring that you miss, especially as you get further into the game, the levels become even more hostile to backtracking. Yep. And then at least the special stage in Advance 2 is probably one of the easiest in the series. Right. Um, it's just a big open field that you could free roam around and you just got to collect a bunch of rings i believe either rings or like little new guys uh it's rings and ring multipliers actually right okay yeah kind of weird i don't know if they've done ring multipliers in any other context yeah and i believe you have to run away from zero in those yeah which is weird because like uh, he wasn't set to get his own spinoff series until like a, a few years later. Yeah, so it's interesting to see him, uh, you know, cameo a few games early. Yeah, I also thought they killed him off in X5, but whatever. Yeah, well, they put it back together. It's not the first time. Right, right. Anyway, uh, Zero returning from Sonic Adventure as the, the robot that chases Amy around in that game. I'll like talk about that at some point. He's not a very remarkable character. He doesn't do anything other than chase you, so I guess it makes sense that they brought him back for this context where they just needed something that chased you. Yeah, it's... But I guess it works. It's weird that he exists at all, considering, like you said, he has that one purpose, but it is what it is. He always for, um, felt very one-off. It, it the, Him showing up at this special stage as advanced too feels like that sort of thing that fans will do where they latch on things fans like me will do where they latch on to something that's shown up only one time and want to reuse everywhere because it's there's more you can do with it or they find it fascinating or they project something onto it right uh, but instead it's, it's coming from official developers who are like we can use this character again and instead of it being exciting most people look at it and are like why'd you bring this one-off character back for this Apropos of nothing, I do like that on the Sonic News Network wiki, his gender is listed as none. That's sick. Good for good for zero. Good for zero. But there, there's not really a whole lot to Sonic Advance to special stages. Once you get in, you're not gonna not get the special stage or this Chaos Emerald. It's it's so easy. Yeah. Zero is a non-threat. Um, all you have to do is run around and collect enough rings. There's there's really nothing to it. 
the the I don't understand why they decided, hey, you have to get all seven of these little itty bitty rings that like you said, you could miss entirely and not be able to get again if you if you miss them. So I, I don't know why they didn't just make it so like, oh, you need like two or three or four. Just like not all of them, but enough of them in a yeah. given level. Because you're bound to run into enough of them on a given run. Like if you're just casually playing through like green forest, you're gonna get like three each act. And it's not you're not even gonna think about it. So like if you make it like four, then at least it's like a relatively conscious effort. Or at least make it so like you can get them more easily or there's more of them on more skilled paths. Yeah. If they wanted to go that route. I yeah. honestly think what they should have done was the way the Sonic Advance three did it. Now now listen uh not listen. Uh hear me out for a sec. Uh, Sonic Advance 3 has Chow scattered around all of its acts, and you have to collect, was it like 10 per act or something? Uh, and once you once you do that, which you don't have to do it all in one run, you can get them all you know, piecemeal by replaying the level over and over. Yeah. Uh, once you get 10, you get a shot at a special stage, something like that. Um, it It's kind of annoying for Sonic Advance 3, but Sonic Advance 2 levels are actually geared toward replayability because that game is interested in you earning your speed to some degree, like earning like your top speed. It really wants yeah. you to learn the level layouts and figure out how to go the fastest. So if the game had a, a system for getting special stage shots where you over time collect all the collectibles in a level by going to every route, that would almost make more sense because it would incentivize learning the level uh, from start to finish multiple times instead of trying to navigate it awkwardly going left and right and left and right different junctions to try to figure out how you can actually get everything. Yeah. It's it's a tough call because I don't particularly like either of them. <laughs> it is technically better because they are, you know, cumulative. But I still don't like having to find a bunch of little ones because what you what you have to do sonic advance threes is probably the most convoluted because advanced mm. one you just find a spring and you're there um and advanced three you have to find all the chow i forget exactly how many there are per act like if it's 10 cumulatively across all three acts or oh you might be yeah, right you must find all 10, 10 chow per zone, in each huh? zone yeah okay yeah that makes so more sense you have to find all 10 of them and then you also have to find a special key oh, in an act. That's right. And after you have that too, you have to go in the hub. There's a, a special stage uh, spring or UFO or something. And that'll take you to the special stage and you get one shot. And if you beef it, you have to find another ring or not another ring, another key that you have to go back into a level and maybe it's the same one or a different one. You have to go back and get another one in order to try oh, to get it. This is bad. So there is that base step of getting the chow, but then you also need the key. And sometimes it's funny. Um, in Chaos Angel, I think the first act, it's just right there. You <laughs> can't miss it. I remember this because when we were testing, or when when I was just re-familiarizing myself with all the team setups, hmm. um, I just kept accidentally jumping into Chaos Angel, like act one or something. It was just right there. Like, the whole first section of the act is just over a, a giant pit, and you have to platform across falling platforms, and it's just there. You literally cannot miss it. That's wild. I forgot about the key nonsense. That kind of brings it closer to, like, Sonic Heroes. Yeah. 
without all the chow collecting stuff but even then the chow collecting stuff distinctly reminds me of like the chaotix missions in that game and then later of course chow the hedgehog with all of its scattered collect or destroy everything missions and yep. all of its levels uh that's annoying yeah there is no winning in the the sonic event special stages now sonic rush that's a different story sonic <laughs> rush is your best friend but we're not talking about that today no kind of last beat for the special stage talk i don't remember it distinctly because it's been a while since i've seen it or played it but the special stage is i believe you're on the tornado 2 and you're just going all around the screen to pick up rings as they come in it's kind of yep. like sonic advance ones but executed a little better and to be honest it's actually just like an existing special stage in the series i can't remember where but i know there's another one somewhere in the series where you're uh you're on the the tornado just flying around to get them it's in one of the game gear games either that or i'm just thinking of sonic blast which is worse i don't think it's sonic blast i can confirm that at least sonic blast is like it's sonic 2s without the half pipe so you're just walking left and right yeah you're just walking left to right and for a second i thought it was sonic pocket adventures but that's also just the half pipe um it's not uh, it's sonic it triple be... trouble is it triple trouble okay there's two different kinds of special stages in triple trouble there's a 2d stage which is just like a big maze level um and then there's the 3d stages where you are sonic piloting the tornado okay right Th that's what i was thinking of and i just i wasn't sure that it was triple trouble because i thought of those 2d ones first yeah so yeah it's uh it's not even a new concept advanced three special stages but from what i remember they're fine like they're probably a little harder than advanced twos yeah that's kind of it on a related note to advanced threes baggage gestures vaguely uh the hub worlds were a mistake yes they are like on paper just a hub world in general is not a bad idea, but the way they were executed in, in Advance 3, not a good idea. Not good. Bad. The nearest comparison point is Generations White World, because that's also kind of a hub world that is in itself a little level you have to traverse to get to places, but they yeah. tend to make things very simple to get to in Generations Hub. It's not that bad. Sometimes it's annoying, and even then, you can go in front of a level and press the, was it either the bumper or trigger? to go to a different one in the sequence, and that'll warp you around the hub. It still doesn't take you to the missions very quickly, but it takes the, takes you them it takes you to them quick faster than if you decide to walk all the way from Crisis City over to Chemical Plant just to get to one of its missions. So yeah. they make things significantly more accessible. In Sonic Advance 3, these are just straight-up levels. Uh, there's nothing that can hurt you or kill you, but it sure is a lot of... You have to be able to make this jump... You have to take this spring, you have to unlock this spring to get up to this height, to this area, to reach Act 2 or whatever. Some of the later ones actually have branching paths in a way that you can choose to go down a way that will send you earlier in the hub uh, and force you to make that progress back through the hub to get to where you just were. Yeah. It's really time-consuming and tedious. It's. I like the idea of having an area to to familiarize yourself with all of the features that you have, especially in a game like Advance Three, where oh, totally. you have a ton of features. But 
when it's as cramped as it is in Advance 3, it really doesn't it doesn't work. No. It's it's more of a frustration than anything else. It can offer some utility, like you mentioned, for testing out team combinations. But even then, like going and changing your teams is like a small process in and of itself that it gets kind of extra annoying. Yeah. There's a lot about Advanced 3 that could have been streamlined. It has a, a ton of great ideas and a hypothetical Advanced 4 that takes the mechanical concepts from Advanced 3 and drops all of the the needless padding from a design standpoint, not from a from like a level design or game structure standpoint, but from an overall game design standpoint. Right. Would help help its brighter spots shine a lot better. Yeah. Dang, we talked about Advanced 3 for a good chunk. Yeah, I mean, I think it has the most to talk about. It is by far the most interesting of the three advanced games. Yeah. I did have one other thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, this is primarily about Advanced 2 and 3. Advanced mm -hmm. 1 is the only game in the series where you don't have to unlock any characters. You start with Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, and Amy from the start. In Advanced 2, you unlock a new character every other zone, starting from the first zone. I have uh, news. But only for playing as Sonic. I have news for you. Yeah. That is not true. Oh? You do not start with Amy in Advance 1. You have to unlock her by getting all of the Chaos Emeralds. That's Advance 2. You're thinking of Advance 2. Is it? I don't remember. I don't think she's available from the start of Advance 1. You can boot up Advance 1 right now, and Amy's right there. Let me see. <laughs> that doesn't seem right. No, she was. they were um, trying to push her more as a prominent character at that exact time in the Sonic series. Okay, I think the thing I was thinking of was I I conflated it with um, needing to 100% the game as all four characters and to, oh. in order to get to the final zone, which is yeah. also egregious. But in it is. advance two, you do that same thing to get Amy, I believe. It, it Yeah, it's strange. So you, you have character unlocks in advance two and three. And I think three is also, you also do playing Sonic... Uh, it doesn't matter who your buddy is, but you have to have Sonic as your lead character in order to unlock characters. Yep. And this is kind of weird. I don't like the character unlocks in Advance 3, but I think they're okay to some extent in 2, because in Advance 2, the game actually seems tailored around the specific things Sonic can do and not any other character. Just in the sense that in Advance 1, 2, and 3... Sonic, actually, I think just Advance 1 and 2. Maybe 3? I'm not sure. Sonic has that little double-tap air dash in the air. Yeah. And that ability synergizes really well with the playstyle that Advance 2 wants you to have, the level design gears toward. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of makes sense to focus the game on playing as Sonic, to some degree. I still think it's kind of unnecessary to gate the other characters, but it does make... it does put players in a position of understanding how to play Sonic before they understand how to play anyone else. Yeah. Which is kind of good. It has its own positives. Uh, in Advance 3, it's just straight up a bad move. Maybe some characters could have been unlockable, but not all of them after Tails. Uh, I'm not sure how they could have handled it to make anyone unlockable. Maybe it would have been weird to have just two characters unlockable. I don't know. I just 
the starting combination of Sonic and Tails holds holds both characters back mechanically. It's yeah. really unfortunate. Tails gets the worst flight. Sonic, uh, actually, is Sonic really held back? I think it's mostly Tails, huh? Yeah, it's mostly Tails because with with Sonic, there's not really much to hold back. Um, yeah, but like they do break up a lot worse. of his move set. Yeah, they do break up a lot of his move set across different characters. That's true. That's true. So just aside from not giving the players much to experiment with, aside from just who they want to have in the lead at the start of the game, uh, it makes one of the characters just worse to start out as, and it makes the game feel worse on top of Advance 2 and Advance 3 feeling like they have worse acceleration compared to every other 2D Sonic game aside from Sonic 4. Uh, Advance 3 is a little sluggish, just in general. But... But yeah, just having Sonic and Tails at the start of Advance 3 is not great. I don't think they should have had the characters be unlockable to begin with. Yeah, I, I think with what it puts forward, they definitely could have had it a little more interesting. What if they added one more extra character? Yeah, they should have done that because they didn't add any new characters in Advance 3. But the, yeah. the main idea is that you would unlock them in pairs. Like you would start with Sonic and Tails and then you would unlock Amy and Cream and then you would unlock hmm. Knuckles and whoever else, or maybe not in that order, because I think Amy and Cream offered the most different playstyles. Like right. they, they probably change up your character dynamic the most, maybe like Shadow and Knuckles or something. Yeah, that would have been really interesting, honestly. I mean, not just because, like you said, uh, Advance 3 didn't add any new characters after Advance 1 added Amy, Advance 2 added Cream, but yeah. also like, you could have characters unlocked in pairs, or you could start the game off with three characters and give the player just a little bit of customization to choose from, and then mm -hmm. unlock more characters from there, one or the other. Because just having Sonic and Tails alone feels a little stifling. You only know yeah. two combinations to start with, and one of them seems like a fundamentally worse option. Yeah, definitely. It's like... it. It's... Because they hold back unlocking characters because like you need to be sonic because that's what all the, the cutscenes are tied to which is a little superfluous of an idea yeah. but obviously they could easily remove that restriction by just not having the cutscenes or just changing them it it yeah. depends on on where you want to put your assets because like i would say that making um i think either way you would have to make the extra sprites for um the characters reacting to, to the new character being, unlo being unlocked. Like, you would need um, every character you could play as at that given time. Well, that would just be Sonic, right? Because you unlock Cream first. Uh -huh. So then you would just need Sonic and Cream for when you unlock Tails, if there's anything special with that. And then uh, you would need Sonic, Cream, and Tails when you unlock Knuckles. Right. And then for the cutscenes, you would just have to re-illustrate the things. Yeah, and for Advance 2, that's fine, because they don't even have they don't even have an Amy unlock sequence. Yeah, exactly. So it wouldn't even be that much work. They just have to, you know, decide if they could budget it. Yeah. It's a little weird. Because yeah. all of all of the character unlocking stuff requires you to be Sonic in both games. And yeah. that feels a little arbitrary. Like obviously, yeah, he's the face of the games. He's the main character, and he's to some degree the protagonist of those two games' stories. But he also doesn't have to be. Yeah. They do a lot to give the player agency in terms of 
who they choose to frame the game's story around from a gameplay narrative standpoint. Like, if you're playing as Tails for the entirety of Advance 2, after you get him, of course, then it's a game where Tails goes and stop do stops Dr. Eggman and saves Cream's mom. And that's the end of the game. Yeah. So, like, if you're going to give players the room to do that, I don't know why you choose only to frame... Only, only to frame Sonic as the main character when you actually have story scenes. Or, or even then, you could still have the story scenes only have Sonic in them, but still have them come up when you're playing as other characters, I guess. Yeah. It'd be weird, but other games have done that. Yeah. And then if you want to really be bold, uh, have the endings change, or at least give everyone equal access to the to the final zone, which would require yeah. them to, to kind of buckle about certain <laughs> franchise canon things. Only male hedgehogs can go super. Is that an actual thing, or is that just like a, a what we've seen so far? I am certain that's a thing that Izuka has said in Q&A panels. Whether or not that means it's actually held fast in, in the actual game's developments, who knows? Whether or not that's a comics mandate at any point, who knows? But I'm fairly certain that's something Izuka said in a Q&A. Just looked it up. Uh, official yeah. word from Ian Flynn, quote, official word is only male hedgehogs can turn super. Good God. That's stupid. It's really stupid. The, the implication that sexual dimorphism is responsible for the ability to align yourself with chaos energy is whack. Yeah. Get out of here with that. Anyway, Amy can go super. Yeah. Sega's cowards. Sega is cowards. The other thing that I was going to mention was that Sonic Advance 3 has three acts per zone, and I'm very mixed on that decision. On one hand, the game does try to make each act feel distinct in the way that it approaches level design and what, what sort of direction you as a player need to take through the level. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, three acts per zone is too many. Yeah, and we definitely. figured that out years ago. I don't. I don't know why there's so many Sonic games post Sonic One that are like, yeah, we gotta have three acts per zone. Stop doing it's, that. Yeah, never it's do it again. Please. Didn't they Unless, do that for both Episode One and Episode Two of Sonic Four? I think so, but like, Sonic Four is is weird because you could technically go wherever you want. So like, that's true. It almost feels like having three acts doesn't even matter. I mean, they're all over so quickly that, it, again, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'd, I think also, like, if you were to have the 3X structure, do it the way CD does, where the actual level in Act mm -hmm. 3 is so small. It's just like right. a little micro-obstacle course before the boss. But and, like, and CD picked that up from the Game Gear Master System games. Yeah, and, and I definitely think that, like, in terms of the pacing and, and communicating the story infinitely better to have two acts and have a mini boss in act one and a main boss in act two infinitely yeah. better agreed and sonic advance 3 like also somewhat gets away with the three acts by its whole hub structure because it it delineates things in a way kind of like how sonic colors handles it everything's delineated in a way that it doesn't feel 
quite like you're stuck in a zone for a long time because you have that break where you where you see slightly different scenery. Right. Again, I'm mixed on it. Yeah, it's here or there. Because the, each act in a Sonic Advance 3 zone, one of them is built around, I think they're balanced. It's balanced, like slow-paced platforming and then speed, mm -hmm. which is a weird dynamic, saying it out loud. Because, well, the third one's also kind of gimmicky, I think. Yeah, and and the music tracks will reflect that. So, like, usually right. one track will be a lot more slower paced and another one will be really high tempo. I don't want to say that it's always, you know, Act 1, 2, and 3 in that specific order, because I don't hmm. know. Um, But my closest comparison is Sonic Rush Adventure, where that is the case. Act 1 is always Sonic, Act 2 is always Blaze, oh, yeah. and I think having it be set up like that like you don't have to have a balanced one that doesn't make sense to me um if you have a, a very speed oriented one and then a very platforming oriented one i think you cover your ground well enough and i think that's fine yeah yeah i agree one of these days i'll get around to playing rush and rush adventure again so i can have a more concrete opinion when we talk about those games yeah so i'm interested in actually seeing because you brought it up a few times it's been relevant a bunch of times i'm um, actually I'm really curious about playing the levels in Rush Adventure and, and seeing what you mean about Act 1 being geared towards Sonic and Act 2 being geared towards Blaze. Yeah. Like, when when I last played through Sonic Rush Adventure all the way through, it was a long, long time ago, but I do distinctly remember it being like, I have now switched to Blaze, and this level is tremendously easier to complete. <laughs> yeah. They don't really experiment with that too much outside of that game, I don't think. Like the whole yeah. idea of having different levels be geared more toward different characters outside of character exclusive paths in Sonic 3 and Knuckles or uh, in Sonic Mania, Knuckles having exclusive Mirage Saloon Act 1, that sort of thing. Yeah. I guess like... Hmm. Just like thinking about different character paths right now. I like almost wanted to say I don't know exactly how I feel about them just as like a, a very big jump thought conclusion. <laughs> Mostly because I think at one point I had an opinion about that because I, I, I just don't remember what it is. Um, it definitely makes some levels harder to get through. It's And it weird. makes level design way harder. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the time playing as Knuckles in Sonic 3, you'll just get big chunks of level where you only, where you're funneled onto one specific path because it's the Knuckles path. Yeah. So it can make it can make playthroughs as one particular character feel more limiting. I'd like to see level design that's not overly sprawling, but does have multiple character exclusive paths in that way that allow things to be freeform for individual characters while giving them unique experiences relative to each other. Yeah. That's a tall order. I think it's possible, but it would definitely take a game that's geared toward achieving that specific experience. I do think that um, a good way of doing it is similar to how Advanced 3 has its characters set up, where each character definitely has a different gimmick, but your character's alignment, I guess, will mm. only be one of three. So rather yeah. than being a character-specific path, it is like a character-type-specific path. That's so if you're playing cool. as a power-type character, you could... like. If you're playing as Knuckles or Mighty, both of them can go down the same path, basically, even though uh -huh. their abilities will differ on an individual basis. I do also like that idea. 
I mean, it kind of leans into how I've stratified Sonic characters in my game ideas before, where, like, yeah, you have the speed, flight, and power types, but you kind of lean into giving those gameplay definitions as well outside of, outside of like, oh, well, the power types are strong, they break down walls or whatever, or they have some sort of function they can do that, that opens paths. Like, less of that and more, I've decided that being a power type means you interact with walls. Like, you have right. the ability to climb them or bounce off them or shoot up them or anything. Like, walls are where you function as a power type character. As a flight type character, you can supersede everything. Your abilities are always activated in the air, and they bring they keep you in the air longer, and that's it. Um, speed type characters have a ground function. Like, if you stratify things in that way, you get this really solid sense of what a type is relative to the terrain and if the terrain is the gameplay which it kind of is in 2d sonic then you're you're creating a developed understanding in the player of what each character means relative to every level yeah anyway i just like that idea yeah we have brain thinks we have a lot of brain thinks i i have one final brain think before we go okay Crane the Rabbit is a good character. Crane the Rabbit is a good character. I think it's more common in a lot of uh, Japanese children's or teenagers' media to have, like, the polite little girl character than it is in a lot of other territories. Uh, I like that that kind of character. It's very nice. It's refreshing as as a consumer of American media to have just... Nice little girl who is always trying her best to be a good friend to everyone. It's mm. good and fills my heart with warmth. Yeah. Cream is neat. And I wish that there were more 2D modern Sonic games that utilize these characters in interesting ways. Uh, right. It does not have to just be classic. Yeah. And I'm not even like a, an anti-classic person. No, totally. The, it feels like the most we've gotten... And this is not even from a playable standpoint, but like the most we've gotten is in Colors DS, where there's a bunch of character cameos in the story scenes. Or like the mission scenes, rather. Yep. Which like barely counts. Yeah, it, it's barely anything. It's kind of nice. You get some nice little writing bits out of it and character interaction, but it's so minimal. No one really has any strong presence. And again, you don't play as anyone but Sonic in that game. Not even plays, because it's not Rush 3. It is not Rush 3, despite what many Sonic YouTubers will tell you. <laughs> That's a topic for another time. Yeah. I think the advanced games are fascinating, and I hope that like the two of us have been able to kind of convey that feeling over the course of this discussion. We touched on a lot of different things about them, but it's, you know, they're they're highly varied games. Yeah. Compared to like the classic Genesis titles, which have a ton in common, Advanced One, Two, and Three are very, very different, and it's it's nice to look back on games that are more experimental in that way, mm -hmm. even if they have a lot of flaws and shortcomings. Yeah, definitely. the The Advanced games, like you said, they put a lot of crazy things forward, and it is definitely unfortunate that they never really went back to refine them. Like, the closest thing we've ever gotten is Sonic 4 Episode 2. And, um, right. 
that's a very different approach. It's nowhere it's near dis- as successful. Yeah, it, it's a distant relative, I would say. Yeah. Ugh. We talk about it a lot. It'd be very cool to see another game like these games someday. Again, a more refined one, but another one like them. Yeah, you would think with how well Mania sold that they would try and make more 2D games regardless of what era it supposedly takes place in. Just because both yeah. have their own different things that they bring to the table. Who knows what they're doing? Uh, hopefully we will soon. Hopefully we will soon. Funny thing, this is being recorded before Sonic's actual 30th birthday this year, 2021. But it's probably going to go up afterward. So yeah. who... Who knows what's happened in the time between recording and this going up. Hopefully some cool stuff. Yeah. You can only hope. I definitely hope. Oh. (laughs) We can definitely what? I I definitely hope. (laughs) We're all hoping. (laughs) I'm crap. You can find me on Twitter, Crappy Blue. Uh, I've been Mitt. You can find me on Twitter at Mitsumi Mario. You can follow the show, get uh, notice notice for new episodes and other little goings on on our Twitter, twittercom Sonic. You can back us on Patreon at patreoncom Sonic. and you can check out our site, which has links to, to new episodes, also uh, and links to where you can listen to us at ltasonic.carrd. We also have a Discord. We have a Discord. You should join our Discord. We don't have like a vanity link for it or anything, but you can find the link on our Twitter. We'll have it pinned there. And our website, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, we got it all over the place. Yeah, good. So you can find it in a few different places. You should join. Talk about episodes yeah. as they as they go up. Or just chat and share cool stuff, like cool Sonic art and the like. Yeah, just talk about Sonic. We don't do anything else. Yeah. What else are we going to do? Nothing. I know what we're going to do. We're going to see you in the next sound. But we're also going to do nothing. Nothing.